Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 273 for the week of August 3rd, 2013. I'm Chris Privetier here with RP Gamers Finest. First off, from the West Coast, Emmanuel Marino. Hey, I'm on the East Coast. On the East Coast. Oh. Our cross country correspondent, the man with the plan, Emmanuel Marino. All right, I'm here to report that cicadas shake their butt very loudly. Is that what it is? Butt shaking? Uh, depends on the species, but the ones around here, they shake their little butts. Hmm. Up and down, up and down, all night long, up and down. Stop twerking! Stop twerking. Okay. I don't think I needed to hear that. Don't you know that's the crazy new dance craze? There's cicada shaking? <laughs> no, twerking. Twerking. No, I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> Should I have oh, known that? You're, you're so white! I am! All the ladies, man, they've been twerking. They've been twerking it? <laughs> I'll tell you a story about how bad twerking is later. <laughs> uh, I'll just type it in the chat. Anna, have you been twerking it? No. That's just Anna don't Marie. Do it when you're pregnant because you might have a miscarriage. All right. That's Anna Marie Privetier coming to you live from my living room. Our living room. <gasps> okay. I was about to say, uh, dirty. I have this issue where I call things mine when they're actually ours. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been yelled at about it constantly. Uh, not constantly. Just when you, you put screw the up. ring on this finger, half of your stuff became mine. Is what I'm sure you hear all the time. Anna Marie is the proud owner of a new Princess Twilight Sparkle doll from the uh, Bear Store. Build a Bear. Princess. Yeah. She's not a princess. Okay. And uh, I thought you were putting a crown on her. It's a tiara. Okay. There's a difference. Okay. Well, that's what you put on princesses. Says, says. Hey, but Chris, you should have realized that she was going to take your stuff when she took your name, too. Yeah, you're probably right. But I figured, you know, I was doing her a favor because of what her last name was. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. All right. Also here and calmly and quietly and painfully being British in the corner, John, you're worth Self-post represent, you know. You imperialist dog. <laughs> We've learned that Britain conquered pretty much everywhere at some point or the other. This is what we do during our podcast prepping. We learn about where Britain's been. Uh, did Anna post that? She didn't post it. Oh, that's lame, Anna. What didn't I post? The chart of where Britain's conquered. Oh, sorry. Lame. I know you guys, with actual militaries conquering people, just open McDonald's there. Conquer them economically. Jeez. Shaking their upper hips and lower hips in an up-and-down bouncing motion, causing them to shake, wobble, and jiggle. Okay. That's that's twerking it. Okay. So, <laughs> let's get to twerk. I mean, to work. I'm surprised you haven't seen little videos where, like, little cats, they look up how to twerk and they twerk their butts pretty funny cats are pretty good at it okay i don't know well i don't know this is me talking about this is the equivalent of another podcast talking about gangnam style dance have you guys seen this dance apparently he's from korea and it's really wild what happened in the video it's so funny it's really wild you guys have to check this out it's so funny it's so funny oh my god um wow yeah that is kind of weird Anyways, 16 cats caught twerking. Oh, boy. Thank you, BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Is, is it just me, or is BuzzFeed like the worst website? It is like the basest 
um, humor call it, for it, hits in that can possibly exist. You know, like people say a lot of bad things about the Gawker websites and Kotaku in particular, the Gawker blogs. But I feel like there that's that's nothing compared to what BuzzFeed puts out on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Just it's just the most. You're right. The most base level, lowest common denominator humor. Give me some clicks. I'm surprised they don't have a top ten top ten list of. <laughs> A top anyway. ten of top ten lists from the yeah, from the internet per day. Here are the top ten top ten lists today. I can see it. Uh, what's what's happening in painful British humor? In painful British humor, yeah. Um. Well, the front cover of I think it may be this fortnight's Private Eye, although it might be last week's Private Eye, is a simple, completely white blank page with three words written on it. White woman has baby. Yeah, we're, we're dry. That like would be that. four words. Right? Oh, because cause of the. That's their way of reporting on the royal baby, huh? Hello? Did I lose him? He dropped out for like a second for me. Yeah, he did. Um, Anna, if you've got any internet downloads going on, I need you to suspend them. I'm not. Okay. Well, this is an exciting turn of events. Is okay, it... then you're back. Oh, okay. Is he back? I don't know, but he dropped out three times for me. Hmm. And now I hear some feedback. Yeah, it's a uh, text message coming in. Slowly. <laughs> Here, I'll take that off. Fixed. All right, well, let's get into what we've been playing um, while the internet decides to get into what we can do. Uh, Freaking Skype. So I'm going to start off by hanging up this call and recalling it and telling you what I've been playing while doing it. So I have been playing things like, uh, you know, Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright Games, and Warhammer Quest on my iPad. So with all my... With all those games that I've been playing, you can tell that I haven't played anything new in the last week. Because um, I'm back. I'm a jerk. Yes, you are. So, uh, Manny, th- I, th- that, that's all I can tell you. I've been playing uh, Phoenix Wright games and Warhammer Quests, and that's it. So I need somebody to save me from with something more interesting that they've been playing. Were you talking to me? The call dropped for me, and it gets connected. Yo, so yeah. I- yeah, it dropped for me as well. Oh, I... Okay. I- as I told and, you, and, and you couldn't hear, I uh, drop restarted the call to make it better. Okay, that was funny. That because the call come back to like, and so Manny, that's why. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was trying Just, to figure. It was a test to see how well you guys would deal with it. Y'all failed. I know. Y'all failed. None, none of you can improv properly. Improv. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, so okay. So what have I been playing? Yeah, I would. It's something interesting. Hopefully. All right. Well. um... I have been... Oh, yeah, I played something this week, which I wouldn't recommend. So, <laughs> so I've been to East Coast. I have limited gaming options. So what, I've been, so what I managed to bring with me was my small little purple lunchbox called the GameCube. Oh, I man- cool. We've got I a pick- couple of those, except none of ours are purple. <gasps> Anna has a black one, and I have two silver ones. One works, one doesn't. Why wouldn't you get the purple little lunchbox? Because I bought it late when the Platinum one came out, and I bought the Platinum one because then the uh, GBA player was in a nice two-tone effect with it. Did you know that the, if you buy a later, bought a later GameCube, you could not you hook it up to uh, component cables? 
Mine hooks up to the component cables. Really? Well, much later models, I think they removed the extra. The, the Oh, did the, they? Okay. They removed the port on the back. Oh, no, I, I remember because I had to pay a lot for those component cables. Oh, they're so expensive. Yeah. If you try to get, I tried looking some up online and uh, they're like $200 now. No. That's ridiculous. That yeah. I'm glad I've I got wish, mine. <laughs> now I wish I would have brought my Wii because then I could have just picked up some Wii component cables on the cheap. Oh, you're right. That probably does make more sense instead of yeah. buying component cables for the GameCube. I wish I would have done that. Honestly, you could buy a brand new Wii and the component cables for cheaper than buying the GameCube component cables. Oh, yeah. So I picked up three games last weekend at the King of Prussia Mall, which apparently it's, it seems like a technicality. But it's the largest mall in the United States, and it is crappy as hell. Delightful. Anyway, <laughs> it's just garbage. It's just uh, – the weird thing about Los Angeles is that every mall – you have a reason to go to it, a very particular reason. Like, oh, let's go to the Grove. We'll go to the farmer's market beforehand and maybe go to the special shop and then ride on the ferry and go to the good theater. Or you can be like, oh, no, let's go to the Beverly Center. I want to do some high-end shopping. Or like, oh, no, let's go to the let's go to 3rd Street. I want to go to the – I want to see Santa Monica Pier. You know, there's a reason to go to every single – like it feels like there's a reason why you would go to every single mall. And I'll, even though a lot of them have the same stuff, each one maybe might have that one unique store. Oh, no, let's go to the Century City. They have the Lupicia store. But this mall is just nothing unique. It's just all the every chain possible stuck together in an old ass mall that was built in the sixties. It's like LAX. They keep on trying to. Uh, the problem with LAX was it was cutting edge back in the nineteen sixties. But because it's also the busiest airport in the world, you can't shut it down and remodel it. So you, right. so you tear down like a railing and put a shinier railing, and that's all you can really do without shutting down the busiest airport in the world. Mm-hmm. That mall is pretty much the same way. <laughs> So anyway, but I did manage to find three cheap GameCube games that I picked up for like less than $10 collectively. I don't know. if Tell me if you remember this game, Battalion Wars. Um, isn't that like the GameCube version of Advance Wars? But real-time strategy, yeah. Picked it up for $5, case and everything. That was nice. Nice. Um, I got Hulk Ultimate Destruction, which apparently still holds up as one of the best uh, superhero games ever. And... I guess if you want to think of what Hulk Ultimate Instructions, think like prototype before you got all angry and angsty. No, I, I remember hearing really good things about that Hulk game. And I was like, oh, I wish I could play that and never got around to it. Mm. And finally, I picked up Star Wars Bounty Hunter for like two fifty. dollars <laughs> my, right. my review for Star Wars Bounty Hunter is uh, if you care in the least, just go watch it on YouTube. You can watch all the cutscenes strung together <laughs> in the little movie. So it's about Boba Fett? Uh, Jango Fett. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Fail. And watch that. That's that's my review. Watch the cutting. It's once again, games of that era have the, the really quickly. Just, I'm just thinking as I'm playing a lot of these old games, I'm seeing how how much what we expect in a game has shifted and changed. There's no that game is sorely lacking like any kind of uh, upgrade mechanic. Like you you can hunt bounties and capture them. You can you can hunt banties and, and capture them either alive or dead, and you get money. But the only thing you can do with that money is unlock uh, concept art. Who cares? Yeah. And, but the worst part is that you're, you're you can't unlock weapons or anything. No, nothing. You have the same crappy gun, and the only time you ever get another gun is if you find a pickup in the level hidden somewhere, and it runs out after a few shots anyway. 
and the health is so low that at certain points, like there would be like sniper, like you walk into a sniper alley and you'll just get killed instantly. So you can't upgrade your armor, you can't upgrade your health, you can't upgrade nothing, and you only get five continues for like sometimes forty minute long levels. So if you die five times right at the end at the boss, go back and do the whole thing again. Lame. Terrible games, but it seems now that I'm playing these old games, that was the standard back then. It's hard to imagine, but that was the standard for console games. That kind of obtuse game design where this game is going to take you 20 hours, not because we have that much content, but because you're going to die a bunch. Sweet. So. Sounds exciting. That's what I'm learning about old GameCube games. Hopefully Battalion Wars and Hulk Ultimate Destruction will be a much better experience. Yeah, I have no idea. But, Either yeah. way, I'm probably just going to go straight to Paper Mario next. <laughs> Thousand Year Door. I need an RPG after those two last games I played. <laughs> Speaking of RPGs, Anna's surely been playing some, right? Yeah, I've been playing um, quite a few games this week. So I just got to level two in the Mighty Quest for Epic Loop. What? I got to run around in my. Um, heart. This is a game she's played for ten minutes. Yeah, I got to run around in my heart boxer shorts mm. with a big sword. It was fun. Wait, Anna, why are you going outside with the sword and your uh, Catherine boxers? <laughs> they actually did look like that. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So, yeah, it it basically feels like a ridiculous Diablo. So that should be fun. I'm going to play more of it. I've also been playing a ton of Heroes of Might Magic Online. Yes, which is NDA'd. No, it isn't. It isn't? The NDA ended June 30th. Oh, okay. I thought it was still a beta to alpha test. Nope. Sweet. So, yeah, I actually double-checked it to make sure that I could actually talk about it. So, it's really interesting. So, this it's- is Might and Magic Heroes <laughs> Online, which is a game that is not out yet. But somehow I got a couple... I signed up for beta test a long time ago, so I got a couple codes. So, go ahead. Um... I forgot what I was going to say. You're saying it's really interesting. Yeah. So if you like Heroes of Might and Magic, chances are really good you're going to like this game because it's basically Heroes of Might and Magic without that irritating thing 90% through the level where you're not going to be able to win anymore. So it sort of combines that Heroes of Might and Magic gameplay with the ability to actually like go back and grind like an MMO. So you can... You can group up, but I am undecided whether grouping up is it an advantage or not, which is troubling. So other than that, it it literally plays exactly like a Heroes of Might and Magic game. You have a you have a town, you upgrade the structures in it, you recruit troops, you have a certain amount. That oh yeah, that is one difference. You could only have a certain amount of troops in any given stack. So Enemy are um, the the creatures that you can have are divided into three types. So there's common and elite and champion, and it's like common. I'm like level 14, and I can have about 130 in a stack, but I can only have 25 elites. So it does sort of change the dynamic of how things work a little bit because it does emphasize um, being able to revive, and there is re- a lot of resurrection skills. So that's good. Um, I'm level 14 on the side of the light, and I think I'm in chapter 3 out of chapter 5 or 6. And I also started a um, necropolis character, so just um, humans and undead right now. 
And it's cool because um, even though the story is very obviously sort of Heroes of Might and Magic, where it's like, oh, the bad guys or the good guys really the bad guy, and the bad guys really the good guy. Um, basically, you run into someone partway through the light story, and there's an issue of two people both claiming to be the same person, and the 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 story for the Necropolis side actually starts with you going to a prison where that character has started a riot. So it's it's an interesting story, but it still feels very Heroes of Might and Magic. What does so, yeah. that mean, Heroes of Might and Magic? Well, I mean, again, the thing that I always sort of find about Heroes of Might and Magic is it's like the bad guy is the good guy and the good guy is the bad guy. And it's it's always like that. So you're never, ever going to be surprised by the story. Oh, okay. It's good. There's just no nuance to it. So beyond that, yeah, I'd, um, because it is an online game and they want to encourage you to spend money, there are mechanics like um, a stamina bar where you have 100 stamina, you get 10 stamina back every 15 minutes, and it's 10 stamina to engage in a battle. If you have no stamina, you can still engage in battles, but you get progressively bigger penalties on your um, guys to the point where I think I went down to like exhaustion eight and I had like 90% damage reduction, 90% additional damage taken. And yeah, I just, I fought some little weenie enemies just to see if I could do it. Beyond that, um, yeah, if you can get a key, definitely give it a try. It's fun. Um, other than that, uh, there was something else that I played a bunch of this week. Shoot. I've been playing a bunch of the new Me Plaza games. On the ah, games. yes, we got those. Yeah, especially the Ghost Tower and the Castle Building one. So those two are my definite favorites. I've been spending my play coins on those. Because the only person I have to tag is Chris. So I'm looking forward to PAX, because PAX is going to be like, tags! Just spend the whole convention playing 3DS. Um... I'm going to be a little busy in a booth. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably take breaks, and on my breaks I will play my 3DS. I see. <laughs> and yeah, beyond that, oh, I feel like there's something else I was playing this week. This is driving me crazy. Well, I have a question for you, Anna. Well, yes. You have you, well, for both you, Chris. Chris, really quickly. So you didn't play any Shadowrun or anything no, else? No, not yet. No. All right. Okay, Anna, did you see the Humble Bundles this week? Yes. All right. There's Everyone, a Lovecraft Humble Bundle. Lovecraft? Yes. That is, no, there isn't. I don't know what you're talking about, Anna. Yeah, there is. Hang on. No. The Humble Bundle does not have a, I was going to bundle because I'm, I'm looking at the humble bundle story now and the, what makes it special for everyone who cares is there's yeah a, it's on vodo.com that's not a humble bundle then it, the hp lovecraft transmedia bundle from vodo vodo.com says this premium domain name may be listed for sale hang on vodo.net no but humble bundle is a brand it's a company yeah I don't, what, what is she talking about okay she's talking about another but like it's uh, not humble, one. but exactly. it is a it's bundle. Wow. It's a bundle, but it's not the humble bundle. <laughs> Look at this though; they've completely copied the humble bundle page. Yeah, so the bundle includes Cthulhu Saves the World, 
Call of Cthulhu, The Wasteland, and Sherlock Holmes. Oh, this is dirty. Yeah. But they got they got Z Boy to go into it. Yep. Uh, at least they're giving someone the charity. But what's the charity? I'm not sure. There's a bunch of things you can get. It actually just uh, our chosen charity is Fight for the Future, dedicated to protecting, expanding the internet's transformative power in our lives by creating. Okay, it's a lobbyist group. Why don't you yeah. join the EFF instead? So, just- if you just buy the bundle, you get Cthulhu Saves the World, the movie, The Color Out of Space, the audiobook Lovecraft Audio Drama Pack One. And then a Lovecraft Easy. And if you beat the average, which is a whopping 250 at the moment, you also get Call of Cthulhu The Wasted Land, which is a game, Sherlock Holmes The Awakened game, in Smouth Free Press, a book, um, the second audio Lovecraft drama pack, and then extras. So this Voto site looks to be, as they describe it, Netflix meets Kickstarter for indie film fans. And so. I don't like this at all. It's not even cross-platform. So vo- <laughs> It isn't? And it's not even DRM-free. Wow. No, these are Steam keys. Hmm. So Voto.net is doing a bundle. It's a side business to their normal stuff, which looks to be funding films, I guess, or yeah. something like that. All right, so forget Voto. There's okay. an actual Humble bundle. Yeah, there's a Deep Silver Humble bundle. Yeah. And the we- and the 1C one in particular, I thought you'd be interested in because they have a King's Bounty, Crosswords. Yeah, they have all the games that I already own. King's Bounty, The Legend, King's Bounty, Armored Princess. I just thought... I know you had some fun with those, right? Yeah, I really did. So I was thinking, everyone, if you want to get wait, those wait, games, wait, wait, where is that? It's the weekly sale. Oh, the sale. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I know everyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time has heard Anna talk about King's Bounty on num- on numerous occasions. Yeah, yeah. How many of those you finished, Anna? All of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they get so boring. No, I I think I've reviewed every single one of them. Yeah, but don't they like? Ugh, all right, never mind. Okay. Hey, she loved them, man. So I'm just saying, if you if you remember Anna talking fondly about the King's Bounty games, you can get Yeah, I will song. say that um, the legend is harder than it should be, even on easy. I think um, Armored Princess does a much better job of balancing the difficulty. Unfortunately, with these sales this week, they're not necessarily all cross-platform either. So the thing I was giving the Voto trouble before, I should be giving bun- Humble. I should especially should I, wait, should, wagging my finger. Well, the Humble Bundle is a sponsored bundle, essentially, this yeah, week. Yeah, both of them are sponsored. Yeah, which is weird because, like, why – I thought the sale was created so they could have the sponsored bundles there. Yeah. Now, the thing that I like about this weekly sale is it's King's Bounty the Legend, King's Bounty Armor Princess, Men of War, and the first Men of War expansion. If you beat the average, you get a second Men of War expansion and the King's Bounty expansion. I can't complain because the weekly sales change up so so quickly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, oh, but the the reason why I'm bringing this up, the other one, the Deep Silver one, if, it, um, if you haven't played Risen 2 or Sacred 2 or Dead Island or Dead Island Riptide, you can get them all for like really cheap. Ooh-hoo. And Saints Row the Third. Yeah. If so. you pay, so for five bucks, you get all those games and all the DLC for Saints Row the Third, and all. And then on the Island Game of the Year edition. Yeah. Which yeah, whatever. <laughs> I say pay a penny and just get mm. Saints Row the Third and Sacred Two, and Risen Two. I mean, you're you're good for a long time. Lovecraft one sounds better. It doesn't matter. These are all Steam only anyway, so go for it. <laughs> Either way, they're all Steam only. Let's see. I'm going to pay 0.00. <gasps> you must what? pay more than a dollar to get Steam keys. 
Please yeah, enter man, at don't least be a total cheap. At least give some money to the Red Cross. Well, I you know, you don't have to pay the developers. Hey, at least give hey, the dollar to the Red Cross. Get Chris. off of here. Sure, that sounds like a good idea. Is it Red Cross this time? Yeah, Red, the American Red Cross. How come it's always Red Cross when it's not the popular bundles? They never do like a real charity like the Red Cross unless it's like um I don't know. I, I think some people something. have to have problems with the Red Cross, like the CEO who takes like twenty like uh two hundred and fifty thousand dollars as his annual salary. Oh, does he? Well yeah. screw him then. Let's give it all to Voto. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, humble bundle. This cat get off the mixer. Get off the mixer. Sorry, cat was on the mixer. Get off the mixer. Get off the mixer. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, All I right. was wrong. What? The, the American Red Cross gives their CEO 500k a year. Oh, jeez. Why do you need that much money, dude? It's a charity. Well, I'm taking care of one dollar, so they only have to give him 499,999. There you go. Everyone chip in so you can pay salary, so the rest of the money can go to help needy people. That's right. <laughs> Okay, right, there you go. <laughs> Thank There's you. So I, that was one of my stories, so forget that. Um, John, have you been playing games with robots in them? Um, uh, no, not really. Oh. Oh, I'm All very right. disappointed. It seems a little surprising, but really honest, I've been busy with other things this week, so all I've really been doing is playing Final Fantasy XI in anticipation of Final Fantasy XIV, which I should really not be doing. Quinn, did you ever um, finish Strikes 0? No, I didn't actually. I should get back to that. Is it worth but it? Maybe, although, yeah, I'd say it's worth it. Consider, well, actually, I, I put that down with a caveat. Um, if you're uncertain about buying some sort of space combat game, wait for it to go on sale. I'm sure it'll be a humble bundle. Then buy it. Pretty it's, worth, I, I, it's probably worth the, I don't know, $6 it goes down to during sales. If you're not, dollars, not a huge fan of it. Sorry? Yeah. It probably goes like $5, right? Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, um, Final Fantasy XI, um, but also Kerbal Space Program again. Uh, I've moved from doing, uh, vertical launching rockets to trying my hand at space planes. And as it turns out, I'm not very good at them. I have, I, I think I may have slammed like an entire space program's worth of astronauts into a runway at this point. Ooh. I am officially a master because of how much my space planes suck. Oh, look, Strike Two Zero is on is eight dollars on GOG right now. It's pretty good. Um, sure is. yeah, I, I think. Um, that, have you played I that? Guess, have you played that that the new version of Strike Suit or whatever? Oh, Strike, oh, Suit, Strike Infinity. Suit Infinity. Yeah. No, not yet. Okay. I do have it. I bought it when it. Uh, uh, I think I have it. I think I got a discount on it because I own Strike Suit Zero. Actually, no, I got a discount on it because um, I was one of the Kickstarter backers for um, Strike Suit Zero, so I got a discount code for Strike Code in uh, Strike Suit Infinity. I think that's how it worked. I think, okay. which meant I bought when when I bought it, it was less than five dollars easily. I just haven't actually gotten around to it yet. Man, our backlogs. You know, the part that worries me right now is that we're moving on to a next generation, and we have these massive backlogs because this generation lasts like eight years. So 
I just don't know. Like, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to be like a little cat distracted by a shiny bubble, and I'm going to go straight for the new games and not play any of the old stuff I have been accumulating for the last five years. Hmm. Which is funny, considering I'm pottering around in an MMO that's 11 years old. Which one? 11? 11, no, yeah. Still? It's 11 years old now. Alright. Yeah, you definitely well, I... got your money's worth that. Yeah, to, to give an idea of how ridiculously insane um, the more recent add-on stuff changed, changed the things. I seem to remember it taking me um, a period of time spread out over about two, three years for me to level my summoner from about level 30 to um, the old or close to the old level cap of 75. Uh, a couple of days ago I did the same thing level 30 to level 75 in 4 hours and 20 minutes. Um, but what in in that place? Yeah, in that place. Uh, Dissidia, Disgaea, Dis... Dis Abyssia. Abyssia, yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah, it's kind of amusing, like how much that that particular set there is basically sort of broken the game's EXP curve. I was, I was, I think my peak EXP rate was something like two hundred ninety thousand EXP an hour. Um, now, bearing in mind, people back in 2006 were killing themselves over 15,000. It's a bit of a step up. So, yeah, that game's uh, that's just, you know. Are you ready to fully switch over to 14? That depends if it's any good. Although, I mean, for me, 3, it was a lot better than the previous try. And I Haven't have you been a in the beta with everyone else? Uh, I don't think I was on the same server as everyone else. I think I was on uh, the other ones. And I'm planning on rolling on Leviathan come uh, Beta 4 slash game release because um, a couple of my, uh, really good friends of mine um, who I played with on played 11 with me years ago. Um, yeah, it sounds like on. a bunch of the staff who don't have legacy characters, actually all the staff who don't have legacy characters are also going to Leviathan. So. Yeah. Um and Leviathan, I mean, I have a legacy character, but it's only, like, level 10. I, I'm not really um, that interested in... I don't necessarily need to start or continue uh, uh, continue my old character, really. My like problem is, is uh, I have a legacy character. They're only level 10-ish as well. But um, because I can't change my country, I no longer have a valid payment form to give them. Huh. <laughs> yeah, she can't actually subscribe. It's ridiculous. Which is odd because I have um because I have a US I have a US version Final Fantasy Eleven account and I don't have any issues. Yeah, but the country that your um game is set to is what? I have no idea. Okay, check in your account because mine's set to Canada, and because of that, everything that I try to fill out defaults to Canada. So I can't put the correct billing information in with my credit card because it it I rejects mean, it. Even when my even when my account was set, I mean, when I originally signed up for eleven, there was no European version. I had to list myself as being from the U.S. I gave a fake U.S. address, uh, 
but when it came to actually paying money, um, the billing information um, allowed you to put any country in the world. Really? Yeah, that was through the old Final Fantasy XI Play Online client back in yeah. 2004. Unfortunately, the, it looks like the website is not the same. I should check again, though. It, to explain to people uh, your support interactions. Oh, that was delightful. So I emailed them, and I'm like, I need to change the country on my account. And so I got an email back. Sorry, this service is not available. Have a nice day. And I'm like, I emailed them back, and it's like, okay, well, I can't put my payment information in. How do I pay for this account? How to pay for a subscription. <laughs> These are the payment options. And I even tried like my click to buy account and they rejected my click to buy account because the address on my account doesn't match the address on my click to buy. So (laughs) I emailed them back and I'm like, none of these are working. And so they're like, please, we can no longer assist you uh, via email. Please call us. Okay, so I call them, and after like a 70-minute wait on the phone, it's like, hey, I moved from the U.S. to Canada. I moved from Canada to the U.S. Can you help me change my country? No, we can't do that. Okay, well, none of these payment options work. Is there anything else you can suggest to me? Like, how do I get this account working? Oh, just make a new account. Okay, can you guys transfer my legacy character? No. Wow, you guys are so useful. Thank you so much for making me waste my time on this phone call. Like, they weren't even polite. They just couldn't give a crap. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I think my call just dropped there. I, I, I made a comment about, you know, having is something decent customer service, something only learns Blizzard in Europe. What did you say? Having decent customer service is something only limited to Blizzard and Europe. Apparently. I don't know. But yeah, it's just... I can't play with the account that I have now. So, I have a legacy character and I can't subscribe with it. So, we're either going to have to buy a new copy of the game. Which we might end up doing for the PS3 anyways. So, Or else I'm just not going to play. Fair enough. Start Sending snarky tweets, that usually seems to rustle someone's feathers. Nah. Honestly, none of those accounts reply to anybody. Fair enough. Alright, well... uh, Is that all you've been playing, Quinn? John? John? Hello? 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 Hello. Hello. Calling Europe. Hello, Europe. Don't call Europe. They're going to sing that terrible song. Oh, who's what song? Or is that Asia? Who sings the I final countdown? Asia, yeah. I thought it was like, not Vin Diesel, but um, I don't know. Something else. Hello. Hello, John. Is it working? Yeah. I had to drop myself from the call and re re start it. Ah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, the, the internet is doing some extremely weird things here at the moment. It's all of us, man. I'm I'm experiencing the same stuff too. 
Maybe it's just right. Skype. Ever I updated Skype, Microsoft and maybe you all didn't, and maybe that's causing issues. Oh, I don't know. I'm having issues elsewhere as well. Oh, okay. Hmm. So. Yep, there's a Skype update ready for me to install. You already have the latest version of Skype installed. All right, well, we're going to pause the stream, update Skypes, and, um, and try this call again. All right, so we'll be back in just a second. Boom, and we're back. How do you like that for instantaneous transition? Uh, all right, so now let's jump into... By the way, we've updated everything, so hopefully this will go a lot smoother now. We've updated our stream programs, our Skypes, the chat room's happier, everybody's sweet and happy. So let's get into feedback. Mr. Shaman wrote in and said, Hey, as far as insane mods go... I think that was our question last week, right? Nobody yes. remembers? Yeah, insane mods. He picked Pokemon Blaze Black and Volt White 2, which makes every Pokemon available, makes Farfetch'd and Magarco... Magcargo usable, and you can get a post-game fight that breaks the level cap. So that that's his pick for a mod, and that was the only pick for a mod that someone sent in. What's up with that? Nobody listens to us in the summer months. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, because our our numbers <laughs> say otherwise. But I oh wow, just being. I think people are just being meek. All right. Well, forget that. Then we've got an audio right in. I don't know how to play that mod, Shaman. That's the problem. I don't want to pay play pirated you know actually i should get that mod because i can't find my copy of white 2 anymore and that's that would let me finish the game or should i just wait and play x and y at this point i should shouldn't i it's not that x far and y are coming out in like two months and it doesn't really matter the stories in any pokemon game are not worth going out of your way to finish them right there's a story well, like you play them. Don't give me that. No, I'm being serious. It's, it's the most base level thing possible. It's bare. It's the framework. All right. It's. I mean, you're not. You're not playing Pokemon for the story. You're, you're playing. The story is just there to get you out of your house and have an adversary and have some rivals. All right. All right. All right. Let's. Which uh, is fine. Not every game needs to be the deepest thing. That's, that's great. We do have a call from last yeah. week. We can finally play it this week. All right. This, <laughs> this call better be amazing. This week's technical issues are completely different from last week's technical issues. Let's jump in right here. Hey, RPG Cast. Tsubaki Samurai here. A uh, quick question for you. I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles lately, and I'm really digging that game's fictional World War II aesthetic. I know that wasn't the first series to do that sort of thing. I know games like Sakura Wars, for instance, had an early 20th century slash steampunk vibe. Uh, so my question for you is, are there any time periods throughout history or places or things of that nature that you feel like could be brought to life in a JRPG setting or just an RPG setting for that matter? Uh, thanks a lot. All right. So what sort of interesting settings would we like to see? Hmm. I mean... Some of the ones that I would normally have said have sort of come up in games recently, like Pokemon Conquest. You know, it's funny. I was muted the whole time and I said that. <laughs> I had some really great commentary that nobody heard. I was saying, really good call and great call quality and good question. Okay. You know, that's, I was just thinking. Yeah, that's really good commentary, Manny. I'm no, 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 no. I was that. just saying that now. Anyway, the funny thing is what a lot of people call that was uh, Valkyria Chronicles, what, Japanese Europe? The Japanese ideal of what like, Europe was, just sort of like Professor Layton is Japanese Europe. Yeah. They also kind of exist in sort of 
sort of really idealized European setting that sort of and the funny thing is it's it's like genericized to the the way Americans genericize Asia. You know, if you're Asian, you know all about samurais and kung fu and whatever, regardless of where you're actually from. It's sort of this weird it's sort of the reverse. It's sort of genericized Europe. Sort of the countries are vague. It's vaguely French, vaguely German, vaguely whatever. It's all sort of mixed together. But in a light, fluffy, sort of happy kind of way, not a sort of like <laughs> not in sort of demeaning sort of way. So it's interesting though. Like Japanese Europe, I find it's kind of fascinating. But you know, this reminds me of the, I remember, who was it? Uh, the former director of Assassin's Creed who was kicked out of Ubisoft recently. Um, Patrice? Yeah. yeah. I remember he used to say that gamers are boring, are so boring because some of the responses he got for where some of the Assassin's Creed series were like the most typical stuff you could imagine. Feudal Japan or... <laughs> A European castle, you know, just the most the things you've seen a million times before. And he's like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're doing the American Revolution. We're doing the Caribbean and the. Did he work on Assassin's Creed Three though? I don't think he did. At the very beginning, I think. Right. Oh, okay. I I didn't know that. All right. Well, I think at the. I want to see Assassin's Creed in Japan, though. I want to see an Asian. Oh, Assassin's it's so rote. That's been done a million times. That's literally no, like every it's been Tenchi done game. in Tenchu. That's like one game. It's been done. Are you kidding me? How many games are there with ninjas or Japanese castles? Where, with um, stealth assassin action? But it's like you're, you're latching onto the one There's thing. There's Tenchu. I mean, look, look, on. look at what Assassin's Creed brought you. It brought you perspectives and worlds that no one's ever seen before. Constantinople? Who's been to Constantinople in a game? That's amazing. Or Jerusalem at the, the, you know, the height of the Crusades? Or even Florence. Look what they did to you before that. If you told someone I want to set a game in Florence, Italy, and you would think like during the Renaissance, you'd be like, "That's crazy. Why would you do that?" And then you actually see it, and it's like the most amazing thing that you never knew that you wanted. I mean, so, why? So we why should go, go to like hundred. Huh? So next should be like in the Byzantine Empire. You know what? They they challenge our ideas of what we think we want, and they give us these settings that were beautiful and interesting, and sort of breathe new life and. Breathing new life into things that we never thought we knew we wanted. I mean, they made a whole generation of kids interested in the Renaissance. Imagine that. That's amazing. I, but it's, I know it's, mm, whatever. Okay. I'm just saying, Chris, if you want a game with Japanese samurai and ninjas I, and no, castles, I, I want, you can get that. I want an assassin in the game with Japanese samurais. Yeah, but why did the Assassin's Creed people have to do that? Why do they have to do it? Well, because I, I mean, I love that fun. they're making like, I mean, I mean, they tried at the American Revolution. That's amazing. How many games are set during that time period? That's not like a a, a crappy strategy game. I constantly feel like the point of being stated here, in that there are very, very few games that are actually set in, say, for example, I, I use either Warring States or. Uh, um, slightly later era, Japan actually has a character, say for example, run around a city like Kyoto, uh, in the same way that Ezio wandered around Florence and during the Renaissance. Uh, well, there was Yakuza Kenzan. Ryuga Gotoku Kenzan. I feel like it's not that rare, though. I mean, I mean, you're even like, I'm just saying, like Florence, Italy, period, or even just Italy, period, outside of like a Rome total war. That's that's rare. That's that doesn't even. Make- I just feel like if you want Japanese flavor, you can get it. Even stuff like China, like uh, the game, the Horror of the Orient, that whole time period, the Box Rebellion kind of stuff, or or the the KMT coming into power. That's no one's touched on that ever. So I'm excited to see if Horror of the Orient ever actually comes out. 
even the phrase, people think it's provocative. They don't even understand the history behind it. <laughs> Wasn't there stories about that this week? Oh yeah, the so, someone leaked their trailer from the from the game. That's not not even close. Not even I mean not trailer. Early early like pre alpha gameplay footage or something mm-hmm. that shouldn't have been released to the public at all. And people. Oh, are, this is from Team Bandai. Yeah, the guys who made LA Noir, I think. Oh. Don't they close down? Oh, I think the successor, the guy, right? Who did that? Oh. It says their next game. Oh, Brendan McNamara's next game. Okay, so yeah, I guess the the creator. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I. So what about for like an R, Back to the question about the RPG. Like what? What mm-hmm. setting? Anybody? Well, I you know I keep going with colonial era America. I mean, we still don't have enough there. I mean, it's only been done that one game. Could you imagine an RPG in that setting? I can't even. That would be. I think that would be crazy. <laughs> That'd be Dude, great. Let's let's do a Persona style game, um, where you're friends with President Lincoln and stuff like that. Let's just let's get right in. No, there. no, you do. No, let's do Persona in Victorian England. Sure. Yeah. Who? who nobody does Old England, do they? Um, a little bit more now, but only in the steampunk sort of setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, if you go Victorian England, it's usually Victorian steampunk England. But I, I would love to see just straight up Victorian England. Absolutely, just the, just a straight Victorian England. Have we had enough Blade Runner style settings? Uh, cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, you just got Shadowrun. Well, we've like, got last that's week. like it. But, yeah. Oh, uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. Oh, okay. Deus and we've got Cy- and we've got Cy- twenty seventy up as well. Oh, okay. So we're good there. All right. Yeah, it's Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk's yeah, covered. 20, as, as long as 2077 is good, which, right. considering the developer, it probably will be. But I don't want know, to place too much faith in that. We get a lot of North sort of Viking-themed areas a lot in a lot of games. Like, we have Asgard, if you want to get, like, on the nose, like, right on the nose. And we have uh, the new... Uh, the next Witcher is set, like, in the frozen north of the little, like, Viking longships and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there are some settings, even if it's not like directly like historical recreation. There are a few sort of ideas and templates that we touch on a lot, like like feudal Japan, mm-hmm. uh, Vikings, uh, steampunk, cyberpunk, post-apocalyptic. We, the Greek gods out. weren't hit on much other than God of War, right? Um, uh, Titan's Quest. Oh, okay. Hmm. Not to remember the Diablo spinoff. Fall. Yeah, I never played it. Not no. spinoff. Uh. Get off the recording right. machine. Oh, cat. This cat's going to break this podcast this week. <laughs> there you go. There's cat hair in the mixer. That's why everything's going bad. That's Ooh, Apparently, what about... Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. Instead of worrying about settings so much, what if we do like the Pixar formula? Secret mm-hmm. world of blank. So like, you know, secret world of toys, secret world of cars, you know, that's that's kind of how sort they of do like their movies. Robo? Yeah, so like, what if we do like more games like with those sorts of settings? Here's what your cats do when you're not around. Here's what I I don't know, whatever you know. No, no, I think no, that's a great idea. I'm going to restart my router. So, oh, he's gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> His internet goes away. <laughs> uh, I guess we can kill some time. You know, I think that's a great idea. But post-apocalyptic stuff was rare at a time, but now it is played out, isn't it? Oh, it is terribly played out. Forget post-apocalyptic. Hmm. And like the funny thing is, people say, "Well, now it's post-apocalyptic, except 
the way you know the funny thing is that the thing that shifted in that genre and that sort of that setting is that people used to think that after the apocalypse or after like a nuclear war is that everything would just be brown and dusty but they realized that plants would reclaim a lot of lost territory right like mm-hmm. dc would become a swamp again or la would be overgrown with like ivy and weeds so i think that's where they're going like that's what wasteland 2 is doing a lot of high least is, is heavily doing is that the, it's sort of being reclaimed by wild plant growth right 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 so that's the new frontier for that but then again is that that different from before mm, oh no. and we got what's it called uh skyrim it was all norse that's that's mm-hmm. all like vikings and northmen yeah huh you're right we do need some new stuff we do and I'm thinking, you know what? Now that I think about it, I feel like I. The reason why I feel like I've been to Japan enough times because I played a lot of those Tenchu games. I played Kessen. I played even some of those Samurai Warriors and blah blah blah. But he's right. I don't think I remember there being like a straight Japan game outside of a uh, Yakuza Kenzan, which never even came out here. Yeah, sadly. But yeah, but I, it's weird though. It's like. The Japanese are going to do what the Japanese know. I mean, you're going to, if you're going to make a game about like a realistic city, oftentimes you're going to do one that you live next to or you can go next to. So I feel like eventually we're going to get that game from Japan. If not, even stuff like Persona, it may not be a real Japanese city or real Japanese high school, but that's from experiences of people who went to those you know, a real Japanese high school and city, and sort of they they touch on those little things. Mm-hmm. I guess it's harder with stuff like Florence, Italy. They know they're not like a big. I I like that idea though. Community. Let's I mean, do social constructs that we're not familiar with in our territory. So like, like we didn't know Japanese school, so they gave us Persona. Um, yeah. What about how schools are in Europe or or I don't know the work environment in Japan or something like that. Like a Japanese office. Yeah. Huh. I would love to see stuff from his perspectives we don't even understand. We don't. We don't do anywhere near enough things set present day, do we? Other no. than like shooters. Oh, and Africa. Nobody touches on Africa. It's like, You're right. we, it's like we as a world don't even People are scared to, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Because it can just easily turn into perceived racism or something. Well, that's if a bunch of – that's if a bunch of you know uh, out-of-touch Japanese or white men do it without any you – know, without a single African person on the team saying like, no, this is not what this country is like in the least. <laughs> True. Yeah. You got to know what you're talking about. So that's why I'm thinking maybe more of the social things because we will know what we're talking about. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Or will it hit too close to home? So now the question is for present day, do we do it like totally present day? Think like maybe an alpha protocol sort of thing? Or do you do it pro, um, present day with fantasy elements, kind of like Earthbound? Hmm. Or maybe hmm. both. I don't know. These are ideas that I have for settings. So there. <gasps> Okay, I guess we're done. <laughs> All right, well, let's start hitting the news, and hopefully John will reconnect to the call at yeah, some point. I was waiting. We could An- try to stall as much as we Anna could. Anna has no comment on settings. She just doesn't seem to care. I just, I don't know. I am less fussed about setting and more fussed about everything making sense. I mean, if we're floating in space and we need to get to the moon, as long as that makes sense in the context of the story, then cool. All right, well. Cool it is. All right. So let's hit the news then. Uh, let's see. Starting off with our story this week, we have... Is that this week? Yes. The only news story posted to RP Gamer the whole week. Devil Survivor 2 pre-order campaign has opened. So this only affects you in Europe, of course. You can now pre-order the game 
um, through their In online fact, store. If you want it, you should pre-order the game because it sounds like if they don't hit their minimum quota, they're not publishing it. Yeah, they're doing it Kickstarter style. If you don't pre-order it and they don't get enough, it's not coming out. What's so, the limit? I mean, not the limit, the, the threshold. 1,800. So that's, that's not, not very that bad. High. No, that's, that's not bad doable. at all. Yeah. So they want 18 pre-order, 1,800 pre-orders before August 30th. And so let's see. Uh, 24 ni- £24.99 cents and 29.99 euros. Whatever. I can't. I still can't. How many times have I asked Quinn how to do the, the change and I can never remember? So pence. pounds and pence and euros and cents? Yeah. Okay. I can never remember it. It almost rhymes. Pounds and pence, euros and cents. Oh, that's cute. All right. Also cute, apparently, is... Okay, that's a terrible transition. <laughs> we have a review up for Dragon's Crown, and what the cute idea was, uh, Sam and Adrian reviewed it together. So you've got a paragraph-by-paragraph, a paragraph, uh, point-and-counterpoint perspective on the game, and they liked it. Like, they really liked it. A lot of that probably has to do with the fact that they played it together. I'm not diminishing the, like their experience, but I feel like well, anytime I'm- you play a game with a friend, instantly... You know, it's a much better experience. Yeah, Dungeon Hunter Alliance. Mm, Even no, that. That was still hey. a bad game. Oh, that was uh, <laughs> that was a terrible game, but it was so much better because we got to make fun of everything that was going on. Well, we recognized it was bad. <laughs> hey, but you still guys had some fun with it. Oh, yeah, we totally you played had fun. it alone. In fact, Michael was mad because Nick's played it with us a whole bunch. And we had like all sorts of fun. And then she reviewed it and gave it like a one and a half. And he's like, I don't know why you scored this game so low. You had so much fun playing it. <laughs> we actually had, I swear we had this discussion on the podcast, actually. We did. But um, I think all of us, except for him, agree with the score. <laughs> you know, the funny thing oh, is, it's, true. it's true you had fun with it, but you can't, I guess for someone who's going to maybe buy the game based on the review, you count up, can't count on that person having four people to play with or something. Right. Yeah, um, I, I think people can have fun with bad things. Well, <gasps> <Hello>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually went back and looked at um, the review for. Oh, it was one of the shining games that was on the PS2, and Jooms reviewed it and gave it like really bad, like a one or one and a half. And I'm like, I swear I reviewed this game and I gave it a better score, and I totally did. I think I gave it like a three, but I played the entire game with someone else. And that completely changed the way that the game worked to the point where it actually was a better game because I had a second person. Because the biggest complaint you have when playing single player is how stupid the AI is. True that. So, of course, there was a lot of controversy surrounding other people's reviews about this game this week. Oh, I'm was sorry. It? Here's the thing is all the reviews seem to say the same thing. Well, what's the controversy first? Tits and well, ass. What? Well, Polygon, the the, the reviewer who, who played on Polygon, they didn't like the game on its own merits and thought that the, the character design was exploitative and sexist and just thought it was like – and mentioned it and had the balls to mention it in the review and the and the comments hey, section exploded. Now, here's here is the thing that ticks me off about this is there's like three reviews out there. It's like Polygon and IGN and Destructoid that basically all say the same thing. And it is that the game has gratuitous, sexy images. And in fact, our review says the same thing. And for some reason, people jumped all over the Polygon one specifically because she had a lower score for the game overall. And I think Uh, it's the only one of the few reviews is actually a woman. Uh, the poly uh, the polygon one I think was also the first one linked on NeoGAF. Oh, probably. <sighs> hmm. So. 
Yeah, they got up their review really fast. Like it was, was that day was, was the embargo. And within like four hours, there was something like 50 reviews that came out. And yeah, they were basically first of all the big sites. I do know that uh, the podcasts I've listened to have mentioned it seem to have all liked the game so far. Um, so I was actually interested in trying it out since it sounds like the gameplay is good. And that's always kind of been the thing I've been waiting for. I don't know. I mean, it, this is the thing that, that sort of, I, I'm so torn because it's like, it sounds like a good game, but at the same time. Duh. I mean, it isn't like I don't like sexy imagery. I just think that this game looks ridiculous. Well, I'll just play as the male wizard. There's nothing ridiculous there. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, I understand. Yeah, that. except like, for all the cutscenes that you get in the middle of the levels where it's like, please, blink me mermaid pops up. Anna, give me a break. You're watching Rosario ba- Vampire on Netflix right now, and if you can't handle the two- Oh my gosh. It's complete you know, fan service ridiculousness. You can't ha- You can handle it there, but not here. I don't know. I feel it's, like, it's a different level. Okay. You know, I get it, though. Like, some people, like, that show Mad Men, I think it's beautifully shot, and it's well acted, and it has great set design and costumes. I can't, I can't watch it, though. I, I think every, all the characters are garbage on that show, and I hate them, and I can't stand to listen to them. But I can still recognize that it's a quality, well-made show. I kind of feel the same way with maybe Dragon's Crown. There's a, maybe a good game there underneath, and some of the art looks great, but then there's just some stuff there that's just such a turnoff, I just can't be there. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I I think the game's gonna do fine regardless. I I heard this argument on I I, I sent out a tweet yesterday, like uh, the day the the polygon thing exploded. I said like why I don't understand why people get so angry about reviews. Do you really need the validation of a stranger to make you enjoy a game? And one of the arguments I got was like, well, if this review, well, imagine if this review gets popular, it's gonna it's gonna Reduce the sales of the game, and then that's going to take money out of the developers' mouths. I mean, you know, what I, mean? I mean, food out of the developers' mouths. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, really? I mean, is that what it comes down to? I need to buy the game to make sure the developer gets money, or regardless how I feel about it. Come on. I mean, here's the thing: is if you are dead set on buying a game, a review probably isn't going to change your mind unless it is like wretchedly terrible. And I mean, even then, how many times have we reviewed a game with like a two and we get four comments in the thread about how people are going to buy it anyways because of X? I mean, even I've done that. I mean, there's yeah, been it's reviews. Usually if it's in your there's fandom, been, you're going to buy it. Exactly. I mean, there's been on. games where it's like you have to grind and that knocked the, down the score by a whole point. I'm like, I'm totally fine with grinding. Game is still good for me. I mean, yeah, it's the problem is, is the people who are angry face about these reviews are people that are going to buy the game regardless. It isn't the fence sitters that are jumping up and going, "Oh, this review." I think, but they're angry that they, now they think that other people are going to buy the game too, or that someone had the balls to criticize it. The gall. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's the this is this is the thing that I open this conversation with. Though, is everybody has the same criticism across the board? It's whether it affected their score or not. Well, it should be it should affect your scoring, but apparently people don't feel that way. But all right, well, whatever. I, it here is the thing: is in the Polygon review, there are things that she stresses more about the game, like the short gameplay and the interruptions with the cutscenes, not about the content of the cutscenes, the interruption, and just little things like how much you have to grind and uh, what the replayability of the game is, and. 
the way that the review is positioned, honestly, those things seem to be like a much worse attraction to the game because the whole overt sexualism is basically two sentences in the middle of a review. And it's basically in the exact same spot in every single review that I've read that has a complaint about it. I mean, I don't know. It, when Atlas has to come to your defense and tell people that this review is totally legit, I mean, I think it's a problem with the community and not the review. Yeah. I, it's it is kind of weird that people can't not like the game because of the they feel uncomfortable with it. It's like it's okay to review it and say I didn't like this game because of the graphics. So there. <laughs> and and you and to your point, people aren't even saying that. But whatever. All right, so let's get off the review. <laughs> um, is anybody going to play it on the podcast? Is my question. No. No? I saw it at E3 and I walked past it. All right, then. <laughs> rabid feminists. Rabid. <laughs> Someone dropped the rabid feminist thing. Okay. Rabid. All right, so let's uh, let's get into Guild Should Wars 2. Should and scream? <laughs> I don't... Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right, Guild Wars 2... Uh, would like us to know that they're moving forward with a weird, uh, with a kind of a narrative shift in their game. Um, they're going to have uh, the main narrative include uh, broader pictures of the trials of the trials and triumphs of the world of Tyria, and lesser storylines that will uh, inspire more player-driven narratives. So what they're going to say is, um, let's see, they want it to be more of a personalized story with your character at kind of at the center of it. And more in-game events that blend with players' personal experiences and more dynamic. I don't know what the hell they're saying. <laughs> so I read this. Whole, so I'm reading this whole thing, and it's just it's ridiculous. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, but apparently, the story will be more personalized, and it's a big deal or whatever. Um, um, did you feel that the story wasn't personal, Chris? I didn't. That's kind I of mean, a weird thing here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that was the thing that actually attracted me to Guild Wars. It's like, I have my story and you have yours. Yeah, that, that was like their whole point of the game. And now they want to... They're, they want to create... Here's what they say. Creating experiences that people can permanently have when they come back two years later. Instead of saying, I see something that happened two years ago, but I can't experience it. We want players to say, I'm playing this and I'm playing it as a result of something that happened two years ago. So they want a more continuing timeline for your personal story, I guess. Whatevs. All right. Okay. <laughs> that's what I they mean, say. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I don't know how it's going to play out. And they also have a ten-year uh, celebration. The Queen Jubilee, Queen Jenna, is having a ten-year festival. So I guess this is kind of modeled off of uh, uh, Britain's fifty-year jubilee or whatever that was. <laughs> and uh, so it's going to be on August sixth. So you can look forward to that. All right, something much more important to people who don't like MMOs, Pokemon. That's right, shiny legendary Pokemon are coming to GameStop, EB Games, and Game. Uh, you'll get question uh, Dialga, Palkia, and Giratina, and they'll be shiny. And you'll have to go into the stores um, to get them. Let's see. Wait, Each... can you do something like just change your wireless router to Best Buy? No. Okay. That's a, of course no. It doesn't sound like that. I think this is the kind where they ship a DS that you pl- that they plug oh, in and, and have running. Yeah. 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 I mean that's what we used to do when I worked at EB. Yeah. 
So um, it's a three-week period. So in the U.S., GameStop, August 19th through September 8th is Dialga, September 9th to 29th is Palkia, and September 30th to the 20th is Giratina. In the in Canada and the U.K., it's August 30th to September 12th at EB Games and Game, respectively, um, for Dialga, September 13th to 26th for Palkia, and September 27th to the October 11th for Giratina. Yay, Pokemon. Except I don't have my copy anymore. <laughs> All right. This is my favorite story of the week. People have submitted a petition at change.org to have Super Smash Brothers uh, include Reggie fils as a playable character. Ah, I love it. I want to play as Reggie. Do you want to play as Reggie, Anna? I like the Wii Fit girl. Oh, you're you're cool with her. You don't need. Oh, an, yeah, you don't need I Reggie. think that's awesome. I think uh, Reggie. Hey, I think Reggie as an additional character would be awesome. But I at the same time, Reggie it's... and Iwata. I want them both as their me's. Yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. I'm down with it too. All right. Hmm. They would probably be better on the 3ds though, because the smaller screen. I have to wonder though, you know, since it's being developed by Namco and and Sakurai, it's all like a Japanese development team. Do they care about Reggie at all? Would no. They, would they get it? Hmm. Oh well. So you can go sign the position over at Change.org, and that would be great. He should scream, "Play the game!" as he pummels you. No, play <laughs> the games. And his taunt could be, "My body is ready." <laughs> <laughs> So um, here is actually a good jumping off point for a question of the week because Chris and I were having a really interesting discussion about this. Is Japan is like the third or fourth biggest video game market in the world? Yeah. Yet it is the most catered to market in the world. You think? Well, only by the Japanese developers. Right. But I mean, we play JRPGs. I mean, you don't because you're a freak, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like, let that one slide. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. No, but I mean, a lot of us play JRPGs. And you, you'll play JRPGs. You play Persona and SMT. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. So, um, there was a point that I was going to make as a discussion question, and now it has completely slipped my mind. Good job. About mm-hmm. catered, being the most catered to. Yeah. Do you think it's fair? What, what do you no? I, whether it's fair or not is immaterial. If that's where the companies are and that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, maybe. Oh yes, this was it. What do you think it would take to change the attitude of Japanese developers to be more open to developing for a market outside of Japan? I feel like every time they've tried, they failed miserably. Let's talk about that next week. Okay, but yes, discussion question for people right into us. Yes, do that right now. We'll wait. Go ahead. You done? Okay, cool. We'll move on. Okay, are the emails in? <laughs> yeah, they are. All right, so <laughs> first off, though, speaking of Japan, so, Monster Hunter. Oh, All right, yes, cook. Do you? No, no, if you want to derail me, go no, ahead. No, 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 what, no. Do you, what, what do you got? <laughs> I was making fun of your Skype call. Oh, so, it, uh, it, nah, uh. yeah, apparently something's up with my upload uh, bandwidth today. Even though I've got everything turned off, something is killing it. I blame Anna, but she doesn't want to take responsibility. No, we're having issues out here as well. I think it's Skype as a whole. I'm not downloading anything. Well, I know it's not Skype because um, Twitch is also having the issue. Um, is it just the internet today? It could just be the internet. Yeah, I mean, All I, the internet suck. The internet is just having issues. 
Did someone say pressure cooker? Is NASA listening to us? I mean NASA, the NSA. Someone declog. Someone declog the tubes. De- yes, declog the tubes. Mm. It's a series of tubes. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, oh goodness, oh, forget it. So, uh, what I wanted to say was that MMO version of Monster Hunter. You guys familiar with that? We don't have it here. It makes me sad. Um, but they're going to release it for Xbox 360 and... Or excuse me, Xbox 360. They're gonna re- it's already on the Xbox 360. They're going to release it for PlayStation 3 and Wii U. Does anybody care? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, oh, I, I, actually, <laughs> I said, no, I don't care. Game. Say what, John? What did you say, John? John? Wii U? Don't care? Hello? Hey, yeah, I hear you. Um, okay. So Monster Hunter MMO is coming to Wii U and... Uh, and the Wii and the PlayStation 3. Okay, cool. But not North America, right? Uh, yeah, this is Japan only right now. Um, mm. This MMO has not been localized at all, so it's unlikely it'll come out here, but, you know, figure we'd... Uh, I'd, I'd cover it and let you guys know that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, maybe. <laughs> All right. So, as I, uh, I'm simultaneously fixing our live stream as I try to do this. Um, I think if it's how many people can play it together at the same time? Um, at the same time on the MMO. Oh, what's the party size? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm guessing it's just four, right? But then, like, in the towns, you could have a bunch of people walking around? Mm, I presume so. I actually don't know how it works. I'm as interested as I would be in it. I think it's a little different than how Monster Hunter works on the console. And so, you know, you have that, whether or not you consider it a real Monster Hunter and all that elitism probably going on. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So there it is. Uh, speaking of Pokemon X and Y, we have a new trailer. Did anybody watch it? Um, I think I might have seen the Japanese version. It's where we get to see a little bit of character creation, some of the 3D battles, petting Pikachu on the stomach, all that stuff. Petting them on the stomach. <laughs> is that actually a thing? Yeah. You could remember. You know, remember uh, Pokemon Yellow? You can talk to your guy, Pikachu. Yeah. And sort of interact with them. Apparently, you can do it with every one of your Pokemon now. You hang out with them, pet them, rub them, give them treats. Wow. You, have, right. you can have direct interaction with each one of your Pokemon now and use your stylus as your, your hand. Sort of like Nintendogs meets Pokemon. Well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know that I need that in my Pokemon. I, I could see a lot of people getting really into that, petting their little pets. Hmm. All right. Well, there in the trailer I'm referring to, they they released they introduced Orato. Ta da! This is a news. Guys, it's a slow news week. So they showed is off Orato. Is this the Orator Pokemon? This is what? The Orator Pokemon? No, it looks like a weird cat bear thing. I don't. No, wait. Never mind. This is Orato. It's. I don't know what's Orato. I'm. I can't. I, whatever. Ah. <sighs> 
I know the Skype problems have killed her flow. No, no, it's just, it's a tree thing. I'm I'm reading the story about of the Pokemon, and yes, you rub them and you give poke you give Pikachu food, and then there's a tree like Orado, whatever the tree thing is, and there it is, and oh, who cares? So there's more Pokemon being. This is the news cycle right now. So forget it. I have a real story for you. All right, mm. real story. All right, everybody, wake up, Anna. You here? You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready for this, John? You ready for this? Mm-hmm. You ready for this, John? Mm-hmm. John. John. All right. Blizzard is having a press conference at Gamescom 2013, and they're going to make a big announcement regarding Diablo 3. That's right. It's expansion time. Woo. So there's actually a funny story behind this email, too. Yeah? What is it? So um, last Sunday, we were talking with the guy who runs the music at our church. And he was like, have you guys heard of this game? It's about like hell. It starts with a D in it. And it's like the third one. And we were like, Diablo 3? He goes, yeah, that's it. And it turns out that his son had been asked to record some music for Blizzard um, when he was in um, Washington uh, State to record some other stuff for an upcoming movie. And uh, yeah, it turned out that it was soundtrack stuff for Diablo 3. And then Tuesday, we all got this email that's like, save the date for August 21st during Gamescom, where there will be a, an announcement that shakes the heavens and rocks the hells. It's like, yeah, guys, subtle. Yeah, so... Wait, wh- why aren't they doing this at BlizzCon, though? Because they're doing it at Gamescom. I know, but why not at BlizzCon? Because if they announce it at BlizzCon, they, or if they announce it at Gamescom, they can have it playable at BlizzCon. But they 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 could still have a playable at BlizzCon too. Mm, yeah, they true, want the hype yeah. train. Choo choo. Um, no, I'm not buying that. I think there must be, a... or they're going to announce something else at BlizzCon. Or the release date is a lot sooner than we're thinking. Well, we know oh. they've recorded music, but they also record music before they finalize even some of the art. Oh, I know the StarCraft II campaign was done for like six to eight months before the multiplayer was done. So here, here's here's why you might want to announce it at GamesCon instead of BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. Because um, you want Chris Metzen on stage to tell you what Geek is 2013? No. Geek is! Two, two reasons. One, okay. you're going to release it in, in October and you need to, to talk to your retailers. And Whoa, you just can't wait. that's too soon. You're gonna really, or in November, I meant. But yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The other is you have two other game expansions that you need to talk about at BlizzCon and you need Diablo 3 out of the way. That... Hmm. So the first time we see the final, the final StarCraft Two expansion. Yep. And then we see what? What's the second one? Oh, the next World of Warcraft. Next World of Warcraft. Expansion. Yeah, I mean we're due for another WoW expansion. And we're due for they're at going, least. A- they're mm-hmm. going to announce uh, a, a a WoW expansion at BlizzCon. I would be completely stunned, stunned if they didn't. Would you be stunned? Stunned. Okay. Okay, so that there you go. That's two big expansions. So I'm just so they need. Right, that I mean, much here's time. the thing: is I just I think they need the breathing room. If they announce one at Gamescom, they can announce another one at BlizzCon. Maybe even I mean, here here is sort of like the the dream trio for us. Realistically, is Diablo three expansion announced now coming out for holiday season. Um, at BlizzCon, they announce the next expansion of uh, for WoW, we see first details like we did for Missa Pandaria, and they also officially name the Protoss expansion for StarCraft. It's already named. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, they 
give, you know, one very serious pertinent detail about it and don't discuss it for the yes. rest of the... Here's what I think will actually happen. Uh, and I think you're right on about the StarCraft expansion. They're not going to have any details on it other than some maybe mention one little thing. Um, I think they won't mention it at all. And I think the WoW expansion will be all they talk about at BlizzCon and then some additional news for Diablo 3. And that's it. I think that's the most realistic thing is that, you know, we're not instead of getting the BlizzCon people are dreaming for where you had Diablo, StarCraft and and WoW all in one event and Titan reveal, um, we're going to just get WoW and that's it. <laughs> you know, if they did two, though, then you can split the panels, like the big panels between the two games. So now yeah. it seems like there's going to be a lot of filler panels then. I don't know. They had panels about all three games last year. Some of them feel like filler panels. Mm. Like they had one on Blizzard Dota. And where's Blizzard Dota? Yeah, um, apparently, according to an investor call, we'll have more about Blizzard All-Stars, which is the new name for Blizzard Dota, later this year. Okay, there you go. Blizzard Dota, it's a brand new game, again. Yes. <laughs> Let's have another panel about it. So I, I don't, I think that the most reasonable answer, though, is there's just too much to talk about at BlizzCon, so they had to get something out of the way, and they picked Diablo 3. So, we'll see. Um, the uh, event is August 21st, 11.30 a.m. If you're interested in uh, knowing when the news for Diablo you know, 3 should come out. It feels just like Diablo 3 is coming to Vita. <laughs> and that's 11.30 a.m. CEST, which is some sort of European time zone. So they're you live can streaming. Google it. Uh, I don't know if they're going to live stream it. But you, that's when it'll be announced, if nothing else. And uh, I'm sure the news will hit Twitter and everything around then. Which is 5.30 in the morning EST. Ooh. Get up early. <laughs> uh, Blizzard also confirmed that they're not going to do a subscription MMO for Titan. Um, so that's it. Yeah, well, they Mike said Wilhelm it is Heims. unlikely to be a subscription-based MMORPG. Did we mention last week that they bought themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Their next Humble Bundle is going to be nothing but Bliz- I mean Blizzard titles. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> If you're tired of Blizzard games, you want some more old-school RPG action, how about Breath of Fire 2, now available for Wii U Virtual Console? Or coming and soon, to tie rather. into that, they announced a new Breath of Fire game. Yeah. So they announced Breath of Fire 6. I heard some people were very sad because they went some from like, the art style raged. to generic anime. Oh, no, Manny. That's not even the half of it. Okay. It is a persistent online game for PCs and tablets. <laughs> persistent on It's an... Yeah, it has nothing yeah. to do with Breath of it's Fire. It's an MMO. <laughs> it's just in the Breath of Fire world, apparently. Except they don't have the dragons and the fairies and the blue hair. and Wait, There really? is nothing that seems to tie it to Breath of Fire oh, other than the name. And it's not even like generic anime. It would be better for generic. It's like generic uh, Korean free-to-play. Yeah. Okay. Art style, right? All right, here's my question for you guys. What's the best, best Breath of Fire game? One. I've only played one. Which I like two? Dragon Quarter a lot. I've played one and two. And <laughs> That's an easy better? choice. Okay. One. <laughs> oh, is two really oh, bad? Oh, no, wait, no. No, hang no, on. no I played, just, I, played, I like one better than two. Okay. Oh, wait, I played Dragon Quarter. I hated it. I love Dragon Quarter. Oh, boy. <laughs> I somehow missed Dragon Quarter. It must have been like I was makeup broke or something and couldn't get it. I liked it at the time. I really liked the Groundhog Day mechanic. I thought it was an interesting it's twist. One of, Dragon Quarter is one of the only games I've ever traded in. I liked it a lot. I mean, may, I understand why people, why people who maybe love the previous Dragon Quest, I mean, Breath of Fire games, they don't love this one because it was such a departure. 
but because it was such a departure, I enjoyed it. This was my uh, Doctor Who episode, uh, Don't Blink, for me. So that's why I think I enjoyed it. I like weird offshoots. Okay. I have no opinion. I need you guys to write in and tell me which one to play. Because there's also Breath of Fire 3 and 4 and 5. Uh, 5 well, is it Dragon depends. Quarter, right? Do you want like a traditional JRPG? Yeah, that 5 is Dragon yeah, I, I know I know all about Dragon Quarter, and that's something I might attempt eventually, but I meant about the other ones. Ah. Like your traditional Breath of Fires. All right. Kingdom Hearts 3, we got some news saying um, it, it's the end of a story, but not the end of the series. Hmm? 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 All right. So in Kingdom Hearts 3, the battles the characters have been fighting in the past 10 years will come to a conclusion, um, but the series will continue. So there you go. Nobody cares. All right. Well, no, actually, I didn't hear a word that came out of your mouth. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is the end of the story, but not the series. Okay. It's it's, it's kind of ending the fight for these characters, but the series will not come to an end. Um, and there's going to be so many, you know, spinoffs and stuff. They can't just wrap everything up. Well, so. good. I think it's about time they did a reboot of the series in a weird way. Yeah, kind of start fresh with the new story arc, I guess. But yeah. um, who knows when that'll happen? Because we don't even know when Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. Hey, can't wait till Final Fantasy uh, Versus 13 comes out. Mm-hmm. All right, the PS4 will support party chat and have a friends list that's capped at 2,000 players. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good limit for friends Why list. Why is it unlimited? It should just be unlimited, yo. Even Facebook isn't unlimited, is it? Fine, but Facebook goes to 5,000. <laughs> I want my full 5,000 Facebook friends on my PS4 list. I think that's pretty good. I, I think 2,000 players, we can handle that. No? I don't know, man. I, I do think, um, I kind of like the idea that the Wii U had where you can follow somebody without being friends with them. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of wish that they the game systems would incorporate that so that like really famous media personalities could be followed so you know when they're online and what they're playing but you don't have to necessarily be friends and automatically match with them but you can kind of say oh they're playing this game maybe i'll go jump around and try and play with this person i like Uh, kind of a a little bit of pseudo stalking features but uh, i don't know i don't think i would want to sign up for that if i were like someone in the press having people oh hey like contact me everywhere else oh i see you're playing this game how come you only play for five minutes what are you watching why are you watching this well, at the same time, though, there's probably um, people who do all-day Twitch streaming who would like something like that. Yeah, as long so as you can turn it off. They don't have to friend everybody, but they can let people just join in their games. As easily. long as you could turn it off, I think that'd be just yeah, fine. Yeah, you're right. Make it a Switch. That'd be nice. Um, so let's see. Uh, also <laughs> announced that they're still going to have some sort of 3D gaming capability in the PS4, but they haven't announced what it is. It'll be coming out in the future. And let's see. Uh, the DualShock 3 will not work. Man, in hindsight, the whole 3D push, so embarrassing, wasn't it? A little bit. A little bit. All right. and dropped then, it like a ton of bricks. Yes. And then what dropped like a t- megaton was the new EverQuest Next. Announced at the Las Vegas convention, right? Yeah. And they they put out six uh, videos. Six videos? I only see five here. Um, of the... <laughs> What the heck? There's this article is entitled Six Videos. Oh, the ones in the top. Okay. So there's six videos of gameplay from the from the and, and the world from the, the new game. 
and it looks really interesting. Destructible environments, um, a much more action-based combat system, and um, kind of taking some of the things you do in WoW and some of the things you do in Terra and seeming to kind of incorporate them. So, like, it seems like regular battles, if nothing else, the regular battles are more like a raid encounter in WoW where you have to, like, watch where you're standing and, and kind of move out of the way of attacks and that sort of stuff. Um, and you can't really hide from enemies necessarily because they can just destroy buildings that you're in. And it, it looks kind of cool. Um, mm, you read up Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, the characters look cool. They, they show this lion dude who's got really cool animations and this wizard lady. And that's kind of the only characters they've showed off so far. And uh, yeah. Um, it, it looks, oh, there's like this big titan thing knocking down trees. You jump. You can jump and, and roll over terrain or jump over terrain and, and go up and down. And so I've, I'm... So it's much more action based. It seems like for the uh, for the navigation system, um, and of course it's free to play, right? Uh, that's a good question. There is a day and night cycle. I can tell you that. <laughs> you can see lots of videos of the of the footage, and I don't know. Let's see. Let's bring up this full preview thing. Oh, I don't know. Okay, so there's an EverQuest next landmark, and that's going to be free to play, and that's in out this winter. Um, but that's that, that's for um, that's a little different. Uh, I, that's kind of like uh, putting it's kind of like EverQuest plus Minecraft. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, does it? No, but that's all they say here in this article. It's very confusing. But you have to get players mine for materials and craft and and building in the varied terrain. So I guess you build buildings in, in the landmark game. Oh, that makes sense. Landmark. Of course, you're building buildings. Landmarks. Hmm. I don't know. And let's see. I don't know what else we got. Nobody's heard anything more on this. Anna, you're our MMO lady. How do you not know more about EverQuest Next? Because they just announced it yesterday, and they've announced all of the details that you've already discussed. That's it? Oh, come on. They they said things like you can collect and play and mix and match abilities between the classes. Mm-hmm. There are no levels, but there's 40 professions to choose from, mm-hmm. and you can mix and match those abilities. Uh, every class has two different weapons, and um, the, the weapons fundamentally change your gameplay. And I have a question. You can blow up anything, anytime, anywhere. Huh? Huh? How, how does it get rebuilt? I don't know. I have a question. Yeah. I can easily see this coming to PS4. Have they announced platforms? No. Mm. I bet you it's going to be PS4 or PS- PC. Yeah. Mm. So let's see. And free to play. Orcs will be designed to like gold, to like attacking unguarded caravans, and to like forming settlements on their own. So like the en- the enemies are going to have like their own AI mechanics and stuff like that. So the- they let the orcs out in the world, and then players have to deal with that. <laughs> so I don't know. And- that's kind of interesting. Okay, and uh, Landmark is coming out. This this is a, a creation game, kind of tying in with the world. Um, so I guess it sounds like people are going to build the world of, of EverQuest. I don't know. The world of Warcraft. I, I don't really get it. So I guess. Uh, they're going to put requests out for things they need people to make and people make it. So your user generated content will end up in the game somehow or the other. Oh, you can also make goods that you can sell, um, to Sony online entertainment. So they're going to pay you for your work. Interesting. 
Well, interesting. Yeah, that's next. So user-generated content, more action-based combat, um, a more living, breathing world where things get destroyed and rebuilt. Um, Am I'm I the intrigued. only one that's sort of thinking in the back of their mind that this sounds like Second Life? Uh, ooh, that's a good point, Anna. Can you make can you make it rain penises? Um, because that's that that's the key to how to tell whether or not something is a Second Life, right? <laughs> But not just a few penises, so many penises. It slows down the server for everybody. And blocks the sun out of the sky. All right. Well, that's the end of our news. <laughs> I do have two little bits, if All anyone right, cares. Hit me with them. All right. Um, XCOM Enemy Unknowns on sale on iOS. $5 mm-hmm. off, $14.99. Is that, is that a good version of it? Absolutely. It's been getting rave reviews. It is, it's, not, it's just XCOM on an iPad. Okay. Yeah, good. And they even added uh, the second wave uh, DLC to the game in a recent update, mm-hmm. so you can add, have more ways to play. Cool. Yeah, legitimate. This is just XCOM. Enemy on iOS is just XCOM. There's there's no there's no caveats. Uh, none, number none two huh? is um, I know this is silly, but I've been playing some Bad Piggies because I was free on iOS this week as the app of the week. That's okay. Nothing wrong with Bad Piggies. You know the funny thing is I don't get. The Angry Bird craze, I just—I guess it's like physics experimentation. I just don't think it's all that much fun. But Bad Piggies, you play like a little engineer, and you get to try little things with your little vehicles. I think that's fun. A little piggy engineer. Right. And secondly, you know Sideshow Collectibles. You know, I used no. to think that maybe Figma or whatever made the best toys, the best figures. No, the, the gold standard in the industry for figures or toys or anything like that is uh, slide, Sideshow Collectibles and their Hot Toys line. And they recently did like a deal with a Blizzard, so there's a new Rainer six scale action figure. You know, that's one six scale of, of Rainer's actual size in his armor. So this thing is 15 inches tall, actually 15 and a half inches tall. It's like 12 inches wide. He has like LEDs that light up in his armor. I mean, it's. Have you seen this at all, Chris? The Rainer? No, I haven't. I'm looking right now. Oh, he looks nice. It's insane. It is really like the most detailed. If you ever like, if you what ever are like they made Star- out of? Oh my gosh, these are it's higher, like stainless steel. These are higher quality than Kotobukaya. These are great. Kotobukaya can't touch this. No, they can't. And not, but of course, you pay for what you get. You know how much this costs to pre-order? Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. But <sighs> you could have, but you could have monthly payments as low as fifty-six dollars a month. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um. But these are all like six. They're amazing stuff. If you see, they they have a whole Star Wars line. They have a Avengers stuff, and there's st- like <laughs> you can put bet- down. You can get you. All you need is a non-refundable deposit of fifty dollars to get it t- today <laughs> to reserve I, your figure. Oh, you should see their Ed Two Hundred Nine from RoboCop. That thing is like fifteen inches tall. It's made of like steel. I mean, it's made out of aluminum. It's not made out of steel. It's made out of aluminum. It's it has lights and sounds. All this stuff is pretty amazing. So I'm just, I'm bringing this up because I think we're going to do other Blizzard products in the future, and they're probably going to announce more at BlizzCon. But yeah, the Rainer is pretty impressive. So if you want some incredibly expensive uh, uh, Blizzard merchandise. That site is going on my Geekly Weekly list is what that site's doing. <laughs> oh, that stuff is insane. They're six yeah. inches. <laughs> They even have even bigger figures. They called premium format. I think they're like one fourth scale. <laughs> premium format. Well, why not just make a life size one? You know, just, you should see the like. Like, look. If, uh, have you seen the GI Joe figure? Uh, it's on see. the front page. Which Would one? you let oh, me the, have a life size? The one that looks Jim like Rainer? Bruce Willis. 
Yeah, they actually legitimately like if you look at the face, that is that is mini- Bruce Willis. Mini- yeah. Exactly, that is mini Bruce Willis. He's they only got the wrinkles. Wow. Well, he's no Jim Rayner. <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> would you let me have a life size Jim Rayner? No. Why How about not? a one six scale Jim Rayner? No. Mm. Who's this guy? Oh, they have Arthas. They have a big old Arthas oh. statue. <gasps> really? Yeah. Ooh. That's polystone, though. That's that's kind of what like, does that mean? That's like the figures I have. Polystone is a weird stony type material that sometimes chips off. Yeah, is the only issue. Aww. You're better off getting the Rainer because he's actually he has like uh, I don't know how many points of articulation. Yeah, you can't do this. articulation with polystone, but that's okay. Yeah. okay. Ooh, you can get a Darth Vader life size bust for twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> bust with mask neck portion, an Anakin portrait removable, a face mask removable, and outer helmet dome removable. <laughs> oh, it's the good Anakin though. It's the it's the Anakin from the original movies. I'm pretty sure they're gonna start doing some Diablo stuff soon too. So we got Iron Man. Everyone keeps watching all this stuff. They make the best figures. Of course, you you pay for what you get, so it's high price. Oh, they're Christopher Reeve Superman. Fantastic yeah. likeness. Oh, and of course, all the guys wear like little clothing too. They they sew little outfits onto them. <laughs> yep. Sorry, those those are my nerd my geek picks of the week. Cool. All right, so I think that's it. Um, John, do you have anything from Britain that's weird and geeky you want to share with us before we go? Okay. No, Internet connection sucks. All right, thanks. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap this up and hope the internet's better next week. Um, oh, people should write in and tell them what again, Anna? Oh, uh, hang on. Let me pull it back up. I put it in the notes and then I close those right. notes. So write into our show. You email us at podcast at rpgamer.com. Message us at board at rpgamer.com in our message boards. And leave us a voicemail at 608-729-4098 and talk to us about... Um, what would it take for Japanese developers to try to focus on the rest of the world and is it worth it for them to do it Boom. for example changing the way that street pass and spot pass works outside of countries like Japan where there's a hugely dense gamer environment Boom. Um, and that's what they're doing actually remember the uh, street pass uh, tagging or, or street pass relay yeah. and I mean what do people think about that do you think that's good enough do you think that there's a next step that they could take I want to know when it comes out. What do you think of their? Oh, another question. What do you think of their past efforts to do so in the? And what? What do you think they can learn from those previous mistakes or or successes? Good call. All right. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll be back next week. Until then, uh, rock out and game on. Bye everybody. But but.